Hello and surprise. It is not Tuesday, but I really felt compelled to um, just record a little a little note of encouragement, if you will. If it's echoey, it is because I'm sitting out in our bedroom. We have um, this big recliner that Kellen got this last year, and it is not cute. I'm just going to say it. It's not cute. It's brown. But that being said, it's so comfortable, and we're getting the nursery ready, and it's just the perfect I think, I don't know, but I think it's the perfect nursing chair. So we put it in our room. I'm looking out of our window at the blue sky. It is freezing today, actually. Like, I don't want to go out there, but it's so beautiful to see the sky, especially in the city. Um, It's just something that I just miss so much is just the big expansive skies that I used to see in California. And so here, it's just so nice to have a room to sit in and look out at the sky. And I was just reflecting on the last year. So today, January 30th, it will probably forever be um, a date that is just bored into my head. (laughs) Um, Last year, January 30th, 2020, one year ago today, um, it is about 4.30 p.m. right now. Um, So actually, it's 1.30 in California, and I think I had just left the doctor. And we were, I was in my seventh month of pregnancy. We were pregnant with our very first little girl. We were so excited, getting ready to um, deliver. Kellen was here in New York filming season one of FBI Most Wanted. I had flown back to LA because we were going to um, deliver in California because the show basically was going to wrap up. Um, before my due date, we were going to travel back to California and have her there because that's where our house was. That's where all of our families are. Um, so that was our plan. So I had flown back just for a couple days. So I thought um, I was going to fly in, go to the doctor, fly out the next day, come back to New York to be with Kellen. And I went to the doctor. I remember being so excited. There's a picture of me that I took, um, the last one where I was happy (laughs) for that season of life. Um, I took a selfie, sent it to Kellen, like sitting on the table waiting for the doctor to come in and was like, you know, I made it. I'm here. Like, I'll send you pictures and videos as soon as I leave Um, because he was working so he couldn't FaceTime in. And um, yeah, so the doctor came in and initially she just had the Doppler, which if you don't know what that is, it is just a way to hear baby's heartbeat, but it's not an ultrasound. So you're not seeing a screen. It's just um, a little speaker that's checking on the heartbeat. So I was sitting on the table. She came in and she had asked, like, are you feeling baby move a lot? And I'm like, not not a ton. The The thing with that that wasn't a red flag for me because I I actually have it this time too, but I had an anterior placenta, which means the placenta was on top. And I remember asking the doctor at my anatomy scan at 20 weeks, I said, hey, you know, I don't really feel a ton. Should I be feeling more? And he assured me, he said, you have an anterior placenta. So the bigger she gets, the more you'll feel. But right now she's so small that she has to kind of like not only like push through your uterus 
and your abdominal wall, but she also has that placenta. So she's pushing through a lot for you to kind of like see. And I would feel her moving, but I just couldn't see it basically. And I'm like, is everything okay? <laughs> um, and he assured me that it was and every test was fine. And she was every ultrasound, she was super active. So I could see her moving a lot. I just couldn't necessarily feel it from the outside. So anyway, all that being said, I went in, she comes in with just like the Doppler quick appointment um, while we were waiting for the other room and it was just kind of hollow and I remember in that moment thinking something isn't right but I didn't want to believe it because why would you want to believe it I'm like oh she must be hiding and my doctor was so sweet she didn't one time look concerned or panic or anything she was so solid and I really appreciate that about her and so she's like, you know what, let's just go into the other, let's go into the other room and take a look. And I was like, okay. And then I was excited because I was like, I get to see her. And we went into the other room and she, I noticed, I kind of thought about it later. Cause you know, when you go through something, you, you replay every single detail, it's impossible not to. And I noticed that normally they have the monitor facing me, you know, they have the ultrasound monitor facing so that you can see your baby. And I realized when I laid down, I thought about it later, the monitor wasn't facing me. She had moved it so that it was just facing her and the sound was off. I don't think that she wanted me to not hear what I couldn't, what, what wasn't there, I guess. And um, she looked at me so sincerely, like just, she was, she, I am forever grateful for this particular doctor, um, but she looked at me and she just said, I'm not seeing baby's heartbeat. And I was like, okay. And there was a part of me that was kind of like, what are you trying to say? Like, are you not seeing it because of her positioning? Like, there's just so many things that go through your mind in that moment. And you're trying to understand because you know what's being said, but you don't want to accept what's being said. And so I was like, okay. And I just started breathing. I just started breathing. I was like, okay. Kellen is in New York. Um, my mom had driven to the appointment with me, but she wasn't in the room. She wasn't there with me. And I remember just being like, okay, I cannot believe this is happening. And she said, hold on a second. I'm just going to go grab one other person um, just to check as well because her whole thing was just like, I'm going to confirm even though she didn't need to. It's just, I mean, I appreciate it. So then another woman came in and said, you know, did, well, she didn't say anything. She just kind of nodded like, yes, you're, I'm confirming as another set of eyes and another medical professional that what you saw or didn't see is accurate. And so, yeah, that was definitely a world shaking, life altering moment that I still to this day I'm just, it's, it's a trip. It, it feels surreal. Like I clearly it happened. I know it happened. I lived through it. Um, I've discussed it now quite a few times, but it's still, it's, I mean, it renders me speechless. Like what can you say to that? And um, so I had to call Kellen and I had to tell him, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. Like she is no longer with us. Um, there is no heartbeat anymore. And he's trying to grasp. He was poor thing. He was in a van going to another location. And I'm texting him like, it's an emergency. Call me ASAP. Because I'm like, I got to tell him. But it, it was just, anyways, just a terrible experience, of course. And then the weeks and the months that followed were 
confusing. And I, when I went in to deliver her, I had complications. So I ended up waking up in the ICU and, you know, essentially had I not had that particular doctor and been in that particular hospital, I would not be here today. I would be dead. Um, it was the amount of resources, blood and blood products at that particular hospital that had the largest in, I can't remember if it was the largest in the state or whatever, but it's, it was a huge hospital and it had the resources to keep me alive. And so I barely lived that. I don't quite remember, but when you wake up in the ICU with everyone so excited, including your doctor, so happy that you're alive, you're like, what the heck, what's going on? But walking out of a hospital, processing all of that, um, is definitely, it was a lot. All that being said, I mean, it was a lot. There were so many things after the fact that happened that one day I will I will share um, at a different time. But the thing, the blows just kept coming is what it felt like. And it was very confusing and I wanted to know why. And of course, Kellen wanted to know why. We were like, why did that happen? Everything was great. Every test was great. Like there was not a single thing that would have led us to believe that this was going to happen. What the heck happened? And one thing that we both decided, but I decided because the first, because Kellen eventually, he flew out to California to be with me for the delivery and all of this, but then he had to go back to New York before I was cleared to fly. So I had to, I luckily had to have a wonderful family that was so supportive, but I kind of was processing a lot of this by myself in those initial first weeks because Kellen was here. And I was just stayed at my parents' house. I didn't even go to my house. I was like, I just want to stay close to my mom and I just want to sit on the couch. And I just cried and cried and cried a lot of days. But one thing that I really made the, the intentional decision to do was, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to give you everything. Because bad things have happened to me a lot, <laughs> quite a few times over my life. And I've walked through things with God and I've walked through things without God. Some things I got really mad, got really pissed off. I said, I'm not saying that you caused this, but you also didn't stop it. So I'm pissed off. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to. It's just kind of like you shut down. You know, you get hard. And I don't think that anyone would judges anyone for that. When you're going through trauma, you want you don't want to feel anymore. You want to just... You want to be numb. I mean, realistically, you want to go back in time. You don't want to be go living the way you're living currently. But I remember this time just being like, you know what, God, I'm not going to be mad at you. Plus, he had shown up. And again, I'll share the story more in depth in the future. But the amount of things that he orchestrated and put together to save my life, but also just carry me so sweetly through the lowest point of my life, I could never be mad at him. I could never be mad at him. I mean, there are just some incredible experiences in the midst of my lowest moments that I just look back on and I'm like, dang, Lord, like you don't owe me anything. You didn't owe me that baby. You didn't owe it to me to save my life. You didn't, you don't owe us anything, but you showed up mightily in all these ways. And I could never, ever, ever be mad at you after the kindness that you've shown me through the low point. And I just remember really, really intentionally saying, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. And I think that what that was was just like a heart posture. I didn't get up every day 
in those moments of like loss and grieving and study the word and spend hours in prayer and worship on my face. And I didn't have energy to be perfectly honest. If you've ever experienced extreme grief, um, and just, you don't have energy. You cry and you maybe can eat a little bit once a day and you maybe have a drink of water you and you sleep. Like you, there's not much you have to give. But the thing is my heart, like every time I laid down in a ball on the floor to cry or every time I just like didn't want to get out of bed, um, the times I had no energy, the little energy I did have, I literally would just say out loud, I trust you. I trust you. And that's all I said. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a prayer. It wasn't this big, long drawn out thing. And it was just like, I trust you. I know. And I, and I kind of just postured my heart to be expectant towards, I know there's a plan in this and I don't see it now. And I might not ever see it, but even if I didn't ever see it, that's okay. I don't need to see it to trust you. And I trust you because again, I've gone through hard points in life where I was like, I don't trust you, God. You've not proven yourself trustworthy. I'm not going to trust you. But then what that did was I had my hope in nothing and I had trust in nothing. So I was left just feeling super exposed and getting beat up by the world. Whereas if I could get over my pride and over my need to know why and just say, God, I trust you. I'm choosing to stay under your covering because it's the safest and the most comfortable, not even comfortable, but it's just the safest place and the most stable place to recover from this. And so I literally just told myself, you are going to, I told my mind to kind of shut up. You're not going to run away with thoughts. You're not going to get mad at God. You're not going to, I just trust you, God. That's it. I trust you. And often I would play worship music and just so that there was some sort of noise and it wasn't just me alone with thoughts because sometimes you just get too tired to fight the thoughts. And I would reach out to people for prayer. It really taught me. Um, I don't like to be a burden on people. It, I'm comfortable praying for others, but it's sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone out and be like, Hey, can you pray for me? Cause then I feel, cause then the enemy comes in with shame or whatever saying like, Oh, you should be stronger than this. Like you're really going to ask for prayer for that. And this really taught me, Hey, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to, the quickest way to shut up that thought is to act. So I, there were friends that were, and of course, like people want to be there for you when you've gone through something so tormenting and so tragic, they're like, what can we do? And so half the time I was just like, you know, there would be days that I, you know, the, the only thing I would do or say or text was like, Hey, can you pray for me? And I wouldn't even go into detail and just like having people even just not demanding anything from me, but just texting and saying, Hey, I'm praying for you today and didn't need anything from me back. They didn't need a response. They didn't need me to say, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Or like start a conversation. It was really, really healing for me just to have people reach out and say, Hey, I'm just praying for you today. Like you don't need, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe me a response. I just am letting you know so that right now in this moment, you know that someone is standing with you. And that was so helpful. And I just remember in the aftermath of that, just getting really, really good at taking my thoughts captive and not letting them run around. And tell instead of my thoughts informing how I feel, I would inform my thoughts how I wanted to feel. 
So instead of my thoughts popping in my mind and, you know, reliving that horrible experience and wanting to be depressed and wanting to be mad at the situation and whatever else, I really kind of nipped that in the bud quickly. And I was like, nope, I'm going to inform basically my thoughts, how I want to feel. And how I want to feel is I want to feel hopeful. I want to feel trust in God. I want to feel trust in the future. I do not want to feel disappointed. And of course, you're going to. I'm not saying that I never experienced these emotions because I definitely did. But I just want to encourage anyone who, you know, this last year sucked. <laughs> like a year ago today, I found out, hey, you're not only did your baby die, but um, all your dreams died with it. Um, your expectations, like everything went with her, it felt like in that initial moment. And I just really feel like God showed me so many cool things because I didn't get hard towards him. Instead, I pressed in and I said, okay, cool. Well, you show me then, like you show me something and I'm not going to demand what you want to show me, but will you show me something? And, you know, it says that he'll trade beauty for ashes. And I just knew God can only, like a trade is literally you trade something. It's an exchanging of hands. So if I'm holding it in my hands, I'm not trading anything with God. And if I'm holding my pain or if I'm holding on to the memory of this thing that I lost and this, my, this, you know, this dream that I lost, the daughter that I lost, like if I'm holding on to it, God can't turn it into anything because I haven't let it go. And I just know that one of the most powerful things that we can do when we've experienced loss or pain or grief is to be open-handed with it. Like we want to hold on for dear life, but what we're holding on to doesn't exist anymore. We're holding on to the thought of what we thought should happen. We're holding on to an expectation that will never be met. We're holding on to pain. We're holding on to, and maybe we're holding on to it to punish someone else or to punish God. They're not being punished. We're the only ones being punished. So I just really want to encourage you. I am sitting here now exactly one year to the day later. I am 35 weeks pregnant with another little girl who is absolutely thriving and perfect and actually measuring on the big side. So I'm a little nervous, (laughs) but I have the, the strongest marriage that I have ever had and I'm shocked to that it, we could even, not shocked we could get to this point. It's just so strong that I'm like, wow, God, you really exceeded my expectations. You know, my faith is stronger than ever. My, I, everything, everything is stronger and I would not be in this place had I not walked through all of that. The thing is, I said, God, I don't want to hold my pain anymore. I want to trade my pain for your purpose. I want to trade my tears and these ashes for beauty. And I really do believe that God, I I think it's in Proverbs, but there's a verse somewhere that talks about how he bottles up our tears. He saves our tears. And I really feel like he has our tears and we have to be able to let go of our pain and let go of our unmet expectations and let go of our unfulfilled dreams and start sowing some new seeds. And when we start sowing those new seeds, it's almost like he uses those tears to water those seeds. And then you see this beautiful fruit start to grow. 
And it's not out of nowhere. It's out of your pain. It's out of your hurt that it starts to grow. But he uses that. He uses that pain and that hurt and puts it to something good. I mean, it will all be used, you know, for, it'll be used for his glory. It'll be used for your benefit. And I just want to encourage you, you know, maybe you're, maybe today is the day that you found out that there's the death of something. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a dream, um, what you thought was going to be or what you thought was supposed to be. But I just want to encourage you, here I am a year later, so good. And honestly, I will, I won't play the what if game. It's just not in me to play the hypothetical. Would you rather? I don't, I don't do that, but there is a part of me that I freaking love who I am, where I am, who I'm married to, the God I serve. I am so content and fulfilled and strong in life today. And I look back and I know I wouldn't be able to be here without walking through that. Would I want to walk through that again? Heck no, never again in my life. But do I see how God used it? And can I sit here and be grateful? And I mean, just feel so, I guess, just blessed where I am. Yeah. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that was taken from you, robbed from you, stolen from you in this last year, I just want to encourage you that pain you have, the frustration, the downright anger, the, um, you know, incomprehensible, just the whys that you have. If I can just encourage you, instead of holding God, instead of holding yourself hostage, by being like, God, I'm going to hang on to all this until you tell me a reason. I want to encourage you to kind of flip the script on that and be like, you know what? Even if I never know a reason, I'm still going to give it to you because he can't give you anything else. If your hand, if your fists are closed and you're holding on to something that's gone, you don't have, your hands aren't open to receive. And all I want Being on this other end, having received such blessing after such a dark point, I I genuinely, it's hard for me because I want so badly for people to receive. And I see so many people with their fists clenched holding on to things that are no longer even realities. That's not reality anymore. Even if it's something like COVID related, I want to just encourage people to open your hands again. And it's painful to let things go sometimes and it requires faith and it's uncomfortable, but it is worth it because what you're holding on to right now isn't living. It's not thriving. It's not giving you life. But if you can let go, God can take it and he can trade those ashes for beauty. He can trade. He can give you something that is alive and is fulfilling and is satisfying. But it does take an act of faith. And we don't get to always act according to what our feelings and emotions want. We have to say, nope, not going to do that. I'm going to do this. And it's counter, you know, it's counteractive to how a lot of us feel and think. But if we can get into that practice, I promise it's worth it. Like I'm I'm literally sitting here bursting with joy. And I started this 23 minutes ago talking about how I walked into a doctor's office and my entire world shattered. But I'm ending this saying, my world has never been more full and it's never felt so tight and glued together. A year ago, I felt like it was shattered in a million pieces on the floor. And I'm like, there's no way I can put this back together. 
And now I'm sitting here, don't, I don't even feel glued back together. I feel like I was never broken in the first place. So I just really hope that that's encouraging to someone, even if it's just one person. That's all I care about. That's literally all I care about. I love you guys so much. A new um, episode will be up on Tuesday, but I just had to come on here and hopefully encourage you guys this weekend since this is just such a powerful, um, meaningful date for me. Um, I hope that whatever that date is for you that something bad happened, I hope a year from there, or maybe you're years out, but I hope that one day you can sit on that date and look back at where you were whenever that was in history on that date and where you currently are on that date. And you can say, I might not understand it, but man, I see the fruit that came out of that pain. I see the purpose that came out of that pain. So anyways, I love you guys. Sorry if my voice is a little shaky. Obviously, this is emotional and intense and heavy for me to talk about. But again, I just... If I could encourage one person, that's all I want. So anyways, I love you guys so much. Praying for you as always. And another episode will be up on Tuesday. So I'll see you then. Love you guys.